This, this title <clears throat> is a very, very powerful lesson that Menachem gave. And if you follow this title, it literally changes a person's outlook almost in entire Yiddishkeit. <clears throat> Most people, when they think about the relationship with Hashem, often it is like this big creator, and he's got a long list, and he checks off the list. If you're following what he says, you know, now you got an X, now you get a plus, and now sort of like a deep fear that has, that is there. And that's how most people relate. Very few people, if, if you're lucky, you relate to Hashem in a way that he also loves me. Most people relate, is like, it's frightening, which is important, Yerushimayim is the very basis of being Jewish, basic of humanity. As Yira, fear, is one of the most important things in human society. If there wouldn't be for a police and a jail and a court system, the Gemara says we would swallow each other up. There'll be anarchy and it'll be incredible, terrible. The Medrash says, <clears throat> and the Gemara also says it, that Dor HaMabel became so corrupt because they had no fear of anything. There was never a hunger yet in the world. No one got sick. No one got, you know, all of a sudden got sick and thought about, ooh, oh, is that the C word? You know what I mean? What's that all about? No one got sick, the Medrash says, and the food was plentiful. So they had no fear. So incredible corruptness came in. When there's fear, we humans fall on. But the higher level of fear is of Hashem, much higher level. But most people, the relationship, when they think about Hashem, it's sort of like a fearful relationship, which is also great and important. Rabbi Nachman is going to explain over here in this story, I'll try to explain it, where the relationship of Hashem to us is much, much, much deeper. And that deepness of the relationship that we have Hashem, when we think about it, that really brings true awe. And I'm going to try to explain it. It's a, it's a little bit of Kabbalah, but it's very simple to understand. <clears throat> Let me just read it in English, and then I'll, I'll elaborate, because it's a little bit of a deep title. <clears throat> he says, it's an impossible to receive fear and love of God except through the tzaddikim of the generations. And we'll see, see why, but let's just read number two. He says, the tzaddik is constantly seeking and searching for ways to reveal God's will. I mean, the tzaddikim continuously want to bring out Hashem's will. Why Hashem does certain things. The will, the ratzon, of Hashem. There's a, there's a reason for everything. There's a reason why we look this way, why you were born this way, why America looks this way, why Israel looks this way, why Turkey looks this way. <coughs> Everything, there's a reason. Nothing happens by chance. Very important to remember this because many people walk around. I watched when it happened two weeks ago with the flotilla. Many people walk around with a great fear. 
great, deep, deep, deep fear. You know, what's going on? Everything that's going on is exactly what Hashem wants. He's in control. It's not out of control. What we can do, we can do tshuva, get better, repent. But we'll get to later. But Rachman but, is saying there's a will of Hashem in everything that exists. The way the sun shines, the way the sun rises, the sun sets. And why he created the world this way. Why not a, not a different way? And every historical fact that happens is a reason for it. It's very, it makes, when the more you think about it, it makes you feel much more secure. There's a reason why you have to go through this and not a different way. You, you, you have, <clears throat> why you have to go through this road and do and not a different road. I'm, you know, I'm sure we meet people and we sometimes see they had an easier life. Sometimes not. Some days you meet people who have a very, very difficult life and you don't understand why it's so difficult. Everything has <coughs> a deep rooted reason and there's a will of Hashem for that happening. It's not out of, you know, no control, it's just happening. Now it says, more specifically, that Sadiq strives to reveal the will. <clears throat> the will that God has in creation the entire world. That is, that he, Tzadik continuously thrives to know what Hashem wants from the whole world. What is this all about? You know, many thinkers, uh, if you know philosophers, were very busy thinking about this. He came to very funny conclusions, very disturbing. I don't want to get into it now. But it's known, <clears throat> many philosophers, because you don't have a Torah, you don't know what does God want from this all. And this means it's not that Hashem created and he abandoned us and let, let uh, things fall on its, no, no, no. There is a, a continuously the Rebbein involved in us. It's very important. <coughs> many people, I once met someone, very smart person and a, a little learned, but he unfortunately was raised to believe that Hashem does not get involved in the in the things in daily in the world. He says it. So he grew up. <coughs> and no, we believe in one of the Yid Gimel and Imamim. Not only did Hashem create the world, that Hashem is involved in every detail. That what happened is I have a cold today. There's a reason today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. There's a reason for it. I might not know the whole reason, but there's a, there is a reason for this. And there's a reason why the weather is nice today. And it's not just it happens to be Sunday, it's not cloudy. There's a reason for this. And there's a reason who your neighbor is even, and who your siblings are, and your children, and your friends, and who you... Everything has a reason. Just... Hashem gave us the free will now. He doesn't, Ram Nachman used to say, <coughs> the only thing that Hashem cannot do, he says, what he really wants from us, is we shall have Yerushalayim. He created the world. He says, Mu Hashem Shoimach. What am I asking from you? All I want from you is awe and love. You should love me. Because that's what Hashem really, um, you know, He has everything, but He wants us to love Him, awe Him, 
But anyway, so what Rabbi Nachman is saying that tzaddikim continuously look at the world and strive to see the will. What was the want of Hashem in this? You have to be great tzaddik and brilliant people. They were able to get to know this generally. We also will get to see later generally what exactly Hashem has, but we'll see this later how the tzaddikim so much deeper. Generally speaking, Rabbi Nachman is going to explain this to you. <coughs> the Rebani Shalom really wants to be proud of us. He's not out there and he says, you know, okay, you misbehaved. You know, it's like a, the stick. The, God is truly loving. We don't see it that way because we are sort of spoiled and always want more and we want this and we want that. I mean, the ultimate, that Rishbani Shalom is proud when we come close to him. He, he has an incredible glorification when he sees we work to get close to him. Because, again, otherwise we are just a bunch of, uh, you know, ants, and a bunch of, you know, there's lions and there's bears and there's ants and there's humans. The humans are different. Humans have a free will to get close to him. And as we get close to him, that's the greatest glorification Hashem has. We look at the sun. The sun is incredible. The sun is incredible, and it's just an average star out there. You know that. Today we know not such a... Hashem doesn't get such glorification on the sun as much as you, individual person, who connects to Hashem, who would say today, thank you, Hashem, for the breakfast, or thank you, Hashem, for the lunch, or thank you, Hashem, for this beautiful weather that you gave me. Just that... The Rebunisham gets glorified. I've often said this is a very, very important, that when someone calls you up and says, how are you doing, you feel touched. You know, you, you know, it's, <coughs> you didn't have to call. You had to feel well. I have, I've said this last week, and I just repeat it again. You know, if someone should, I have a Baruch Hashem, many grandchildren, and if my granddaughter would put on the computer a soft way, hi, Saba. The first time it'll be cute, but it, if it goes automatically every day, it'll become annoying. You remember when, hi, you got mail, you know what I mean? And the first time it was put up, AOL, AOL was it? And it was cute, and then it was annoying. <coughs> but if you're the granddaughter, or if your wife, or your spouse, or your brother or sister will call you every day at lunchtime, you will get touched. Wow, he made it and called me. And you wouldn't get bored of it. Well, look, wow, once it's about midday, he should be calling me. The Rabbani Shalom towards us is the same way. He takes the world personally. It's not that he created it. It's, like, it's not like Lahavdal, a painter, paint a beautiful picture. It's hanging in the museum, and the painter could be dead. It came to Korea and forgot about it, but he drew 20 years ago. He doesn't even know which museum it is. It doesn't work that way. It works, it doesn't work in that way. It is Hashem is with you, involved in you. He's there with you. He's, he's, he's waiting for the relationship. It's like he's, you know, like a, uh, someone is waiting. Come on, say hello to me. 
You know, you, sometimes you meet someone, you're awkward, who's going to start speaking first? You know, come say hello to me. This is what Hashem is involved. And this is the Rebbein Shalom has incredible glorification from this. He gets glorified, <coughs> takes pride. And this is his will. <coughs> Let me just explain what he explains over here. You know, <coughs> why this is so powerful. You know, there are many, many different things in the world. There's many different trees. The Zoya says there's not one tree the same as another. We know that about humans. Every person looks differently. Every person has a different uh, uh, fingerprint. I don't know if you know, identical twins sometimes have the same fingerprint. But the, today they figure out the, they, um, the DNA is different. Sometimes it's exactly DNA, but today already they're figuring out everything is different. You know, you could be identical twins, but they have different wants and desires and look at things differently. I mean, there is so many, so many, many, many different things in the world, and there's a reason for it. There's a reason why this tree is, grows this way, and that same tree growing differently. Isn't it amazing that there's no two same apple trees? No two humans look alike. I told my daughter-in-law when she had her, the first child, called her up, I say, Mazel tov. I tell her such a girl was never born and never will be born. And she says, well, he says she's going to be unique of uniqueness. She doesn't look like anyone, and no one ever is going to look like her. Because even identical twins look differently. Just like with us, all Chinese people look alike. That's by me, for sure. But, you know, but they, are, they, they, they tell you why they don't look alike. They don't look alike. But every person is unique. And there's a reason for this uniqueness. It's, it's incredible. If you think about it, it's incredible. And the Rebbein Shalom made everything to be unique. He made, you know, and the, now what, <coughs> the, and the Rebbein Shalom created the world. He has generally great glorification of the world. He created the world. We can recognize him. And he takes such, such, um, Love in this, and how he created the world, and how he takes care of the world. That's the general <clears throat> aspect of it. Individually, he looks at every person, and he watches you. It's not that, you know, he's, he's in the palace, and he's going to get a report. Maybe he'll read the, the email. Maybe he won't read the email. You know, somebody hope he doesn't watch us. You know, no. maybe he doesn't pay attention to us. Maybe we can slip something under the rug. Hashem is watching you, is involved in you, he doesn't give up, and he's there, and he wants to connect to you, and he's waiting we should get connected to him, and every little thing, he takes such pride, you know, if you ever watch new children, and a mother with a new baby, and the baby just by mistake maybe smiled, ooh, the baby smiled, you know, but, uh, you know maybe the baby never smiled, but you know, for the mother, maybe it smiled, or maybe... You know, it's like, wow. And, you know, you ever notice that all these babies are brilliant, are prodigies? My mother should be gesund. You say, you always just say, she wonders what happened to these prodigies when they grow up. You know, every child is, because a mother takes such pride in every child that she, you know, anything the child would do is just incredible. The Rebbeinu Shalom does the same thing to us. 
every small thing we do, he is so proud. It's not because, you know, even though he has so many people, and so many, there is incredible take pride in yourself. When a person lives this way, it's a whole different relationship. You know, <clears throat> it would be a fantasy to do, think about this, but if a person will have a spouse this way, every time you do something, your spouse will be, wow! Our relationship will be a thousand times better. You know, imagine every time your spouse would say, you know, you did something, he says, wow! And, uh, and then you will do a lot more. And there'll be the relationship all incredible. The Havdal, the, 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 us in Hashem is the same way. The Rabbani Shalom, when he looks down into this world, he takes pride in every one of us. Not that, you know, not that he just moved away and now he's not there. And often we think, that you know, if I'm not involved with Hashem, Hashem is not involved in me. Like once someone told me, <clears throat> before he became religious, he and his, before they got married, so he and his girlfriend, whatever they had uh, differences, she had, he had an apartment in the valley, he would just go to the valley for a few days. You know, I says, you know, you gotta become from, you gotta get married, you gotta fight it out. You gotta do it together, sort of to say. We think in our relationship with Hashem, we sometimes think if I check out, Hashem also checked out. You know what I mean? If I am not so much involved with Hashem right now, and you know, I, uh, I don't talk to Him, I don't do the mitzvahs the right way, He also checked. No, Hashem doesn't check. It's like the mother watching the baby and looking every the, the baby doesn't even know the mother's watching it. The baby's involved in whatever. Is oblivious, but the mother's watching everything and, and every th small thing the child does, she's so proud of it. That's how Hashem is with us. But what Nachman is saying, even a more deeper thing. You know, there are ma many different, you know, I, I saw a book from one of my children. I remember the number, how many different types of ants there is. It's enormous. I used to think ants are ants. No, 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 no. People study ants will tell you the thousands of thousands of different types of ants. And they're still finding new ones and how they work. And it's a whole, you know, we would think that the Rabbani Shalom told Earth produce ants and that's it. No. The reason why the ant is this way is there's a real deep rooted reason why this type of an ant looks this way. This type of ant looks this way. Why this ant lives in North America, the other one in South America, or the Central America, the one or, or even Antarctica. It doesn't, there's a reason for it. And the reason is connected what Hashem takes pride of the world. How this gets together is beyond our comprehension. You have to be a big tzaddik understood it. But how Hashem looks at it so on, and he's so proud that that proudness of what he has he, that pride is that he gets connected to you. I want to say over an incredible story, an incredible, frightening, true story. You know, the, the story is really frightening and it's a very profound story. In Svas, <clears throat> they lived a person who came out of, of the Spanish Inquisition. I know the Spanish Inquisition people afterwards, the, the Jews who stayed had to be called Moranos, and they were hidden Jews. And very many knew nothing, or, you know, literally, you know, knew nothing of nothing. Absolutely nothing. History says 
how the Rizal found the Zoya, you know, the Zoya wasn't painted, it was just written on, on it, is a Marana Jew came into the shul and held the book. He, did, he wanted to dive and he, he just acted like he's diving, heard it upside down. The Rizal realized he's holding something upside down, and he looked and he saw these are words, are holy words. And he asked the, the safe and he gave him a real siddha. Those, the Maranos were really knew nothing, almost none. So this Marano got out of uh, Spain, came to live in Tzvas, and he was a very simple person. He went to shul, and, and the Rav gave a, a pilpil, I say pilpil English, gave a, from the Gemara, read it, that on Shavuos, Chag Shavuos, there's two loaves of bread that's bought in the Besamekdush. A whole dialect about two loaves of bread. He didn't understand anything. He understood that the Rabbani Shaloylam eats two breads. That's what he understood. He comes home and tells his wife, guess what I found out in the shul? God eats Lechamishna. He needs two chalas too. So he says, you know what? We're going to bake the best of the best. And a whole Thursday, he and his wife are baking these breads. And he comes, sneaks in midnight into the shul, puts the two loaves of bread into the Oran HaKodesh, and tells the Rabbi Shalom, hearty appetite. You know, we worked so hard on this bread. And, and me and my wife. And, and he comes back after davening in the shul Friday morning. Everyone is out, opens it, it's gone. A whole Shabbos, he and his wife would dance from joy. Hashem took our bread. It worked. They were just overjoyed. And, every, and Friday night, he would get up and dance with his wife. Guess what? Hashem took my chalas. And next week, he did the whole thing. This would be weeks. He'd do exact same thing. And he was convinced, really, that Hashem is eating his chalas. And he would thank Hashem, and he would be just, wow, I'm one of those lucky people that you took it. And he was just overjoyed. <coughs> what really happened was, <coughs> the Gabbai would come in, and, and before the evening, 7 o'clock, and he was a perfectionist. He knew that it's not perfectly closed, the, the preiches. He must have someone to opens it up, and he sees Tuchalas, takes it home and eats it. And he's trying to figure out who puts in every week. So one day he decided he's going to come early. It's not early enough. But finally, till he came, it was midnight. He sees this guy coming in, and for half hour thanking Hashem that you took the bread last week, and we did it the same, my wife, and we worked on the challah so hard, and it's delicious, and a whole, and again, I didn't know what to do. Crazy, he needs Yolacha Mishnah. That's what he needs. So he told the Rav of the Shul, and the Rav of the Shul said, I'll speak to him. Shabbos after davening, he calls the guy up and he says, Are you nuts? You think the Rabbani Shalom eats your chalas? And he says, What do you mean the Rabbani Shalom? He takes it. He calls the guy and he says, Tell him exactly what goes on. Tells him, I take it every Friday. And he, he says, taste this in this way, and it's exactly, yeah. He was shattered. You know, he was totally shattered. I like and The Rizal was sitting and learning with his Talmidim. And he sent Reb Chaim Vital, his greatest Talmud. He sends him, go tell the rabbi, this rabbi in Tzvas, that by the time of Shalashudas comes, he will pass from this world. 
and everyone knew it's us. When the Rizal says something, he jump, he ran crying, and he says, there's nothing I can do. And this is the words of the Holy Rizal. He says, since the Besamikdash was standing, Hashem never had such great pride, such a nachas, as we call it, such incredible as this simple Jew so wholeheartedly did, thought that he's bringing a, a, a sacrification to Hashem. Since the Charm Besamikdash, now even though Hashem had great tzaddikim, there was the Hashem Baichui, there was a Rambam, the fact that this simple Jew, illiterate, did it so wholeheartedly and really thought Hashem took it. And he was so overjoyed since the Charmin Besamigdish. He never had such an enjoyment, Rabbi And the most odd thing of this is if a person thinks that Hashem eats, he's an apikairis. You know, the Animamim, we say, we believe Hashem is not something that's a body or is a non body. Hashem doesn't need your chalas, and uh, it's ridiculous. But this Tumim, simple, non-uneducated person did it so wholeheartedly it was, the Hashem said it's so, so incredible that the Rabbi Shalim says, you stop this the only thing that could help you, you must die the rabbi had to die, I'm not going into this a long explanation, why the rabbi had to die but this was such an incredible see the Rabbi Shalim we think Hashem takes pride oh, someone has to be great and us simple Jews, in this difficult situation you are, you do something good. He is so proud of you. But Hashem wants is your heart. It's not that you, you, you know, Hashem wants uh, the truthfulness, the simpleness. That means Hashem is proud of each one of us. That's why every person is so different. We are unique. Every person does kindness differently. Every person's shalom bias is different. Every person's, you know, the way they do daven is differently. The way they relate to Hashem is differently. It's a whole unique, unique, because your relationship with Hashem is unique and unique. And it could be so holy, your relationship with Hashem, that it could be greater than the karbanas. But the, the, the secret of this is to realize that Hashem is extremely, extremely proud of you proud of you. If a person walks around thinking this way, he looks at being Jewish with different eyes. God is really, really, really proud of you. There's a proudness of who you are and how you did it. See, he knows our struggles. We don't even realize sometimes our own struggles, how struggles we struggle. Let it be struggle emotionally, physically, spiritually, Things drag us down, and we have a hard time overcoming. All these things that Hashem is aware. He knows how difficult, you know, we are blessed beyond blessing living today, but we have our tests today. You know, like we are tested in other crazy ways. Uh, and Hashem is aware, and you pull yourself away, and you don't do something wrong. You do the right thing. There's incredible proud, and that is the Rebani Shalom. Has a rots in there and he's proud of you. Ram Nachman says a more profound thing over here. He says, <clears throat> You know, time, the time is a creation. We all know that. By now, we, we know that not only time is a creation, when Einstein proved that it's a third dimension. 
And if you know physics a little bit, fourth dimension. And if you know physics, it is, you know, as, as the universe expands, time and space gets created. It's, it's a, time is a creation. Hashem is above time. He, the beginning and the end of time, it's beyond our comprehension, but, you know, there's such a thing, the Zoe calls it Lamala Menhazman. There's things beyond the, the time zone. Now, the Rabbani Shloilam created the world in a way, he looked ahead and he saw you, every one of us, he saw in which year, which day you're going to live, and that's how he took, and he looked at the things he's going to be proud of you. And the pride that he saw then, that's how he created the world. I once explained this in this way. You know, if imagine you would know that your child is going to be very musical. You know, someone should tell you. you know, I, I said over in Shia in the Daf Yoimi, there's a very interesting Yerushalma. Yerushalma says that the father of Shmuel, who's a great Amoyre, Shmuel mentioned in the Talmud all the time, the father of Shmuel was working in a place not at home. And a, a matrenusa was a, it's a Roman word for, for a lady, a Roman lady, who had new kishiv, new black magic, saw on him that he would have a child and be a leader. And she wanted to be intimate with him. She wanted to become pregnant, seeing his child is going to be a leader. So she, when the... He came to ask her to sin. Why do you want me? I'm not uh, good looking. I see you're going to have a child who's going to be a leader. So Shmuel quickly ran home and was with his wife. And, and Shmuel was born from that, the Shalmah says. That means this, this non-Jew was able to see you're going to have a child who's going to be a leader. Imagine the Rabbani Shloylam, just imagine this, that, that if, if someone should tell you your child is going to be musical. So when you're building your house, you'll build a room that, uh, what is it called, the soundproof, uh, roof, whatever the people need for music. And if you see the other child is going to be an artist, so you build a house with a studio in it. <coughs> and you see that another child is going to be a great Talmud Chacham, you build another room that's going to have all the places so you can put a lot of books and everything. It all depends. looked at us, and he took such pride in us, and that's how he created the world. So our relationship with Hashem is such a deep relationship. It's even deeper than a mother so proud of the child. You know, certain children, certain mothers, I have many daughters, I watch it, certain mothers, the children can never be wrong. We all met such mothers, you know. My son is a tzaddik. Nothing can go wrong, you know what I mean? Like, uh, he's a... <clears throat> being not realistic, but but there's such a concept. He's looking at the goodness of you. And he's always looking at the goodness. And when he's looking at the goodness, that's how he created the world. At your goodness, something in the world was created because the way he looked at you and he's going to be so proud of you. Just like the general, the world was created because he saw the pride that he's going to get from the world. Each in things, there's so many things in the world, we have no idea why he was created. We don't know why there are trillions of ants in the world. But there's a reason for this. And he created it in this way because he knew, he saw how he's going to be proud of him. When a person connects this way to Hashem, it's a, such a deep connection. It's not I, I, am, I have a relationship with Hashem because I'm afraid of him. 
I am in relationship because Hashem is crazy over me. Imagine, I, I tease some of the boys who get married late. It's my favorite, favorite, famous tease, and I say to them, I tell them, if the girl will be crazy over you, every date you go out, you're going to get married to her tomorrow. If she would just, you know, say, wow, 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 every date, she'll, she'll be, yeah, what's holding you back? You're not so convinced. Imagine this, that a bani shaloylam is literally crazy over you. He's looking at you, just not... See, many of us look at it, yeah, I, I, I don't look good in Hashem's eyes. You know, I messed up here and I messed up there, and he doesn't really like me, and he rejects me, I'm pushed out. No, there's no Hashem. You're his creation. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I, I remember hearing a clip of news where a, a guy murdered a few people, and the mother got on the radio, I forgot what it was, and said, you know, I'm sorry this happened, but he's still my child. Something very odd. You know, no matter what, we are his children. We are his creation. We are little, and he's proud of us. So if you know how proud he is with you, we would do everything much better. Imagine every time you do something for your spouse, and the spouse, wow! It says, wow, I'm so proud of you, I'm so happy with you. It's going to be, everything will go much much more passionate, much more powerful. That is our relationship with Hashem. And it's a whole different way looking at it. It's, you understand? It's most people, I myself grew up this way, sort of, you know, there's a big stick out there and he's going to beat you up. And instead of saying there's an incredible love that Hashem has to us. And not just loves us, he's involved, he's there. And he's waiting, you should just turn around. And he's waiting to be proud of you. He's waiting for you. I always tell people, when you want to talk to Hashem, very often you want to call someone up and you're hesitant. The person might hang up on me. The person might, you know, not be so nice to me on the phone. Hashem promised, you call me up, and I'll be there for you totally. Here I am, trying to listen to you. Because the truth is, Hashem wants us so badly. The rotson, rotson means the will and the desire. The desire of Hashem is for each, each one of us he desires. This is a very, very deep Torah. This is one of the famous things from Baal Shem Tev. It's not brought to Baal Nachman, brought many different svarim. And in, in Kabbalah, the teaching comes this way, that there's a lot more love of Hashem to us than we could imagine. Hashem is tuned in to us. You know, when my daughter was here, Yantav, and there were a bunch of grandchildren, a bunch of babies. We all have still young babies. And I was amazed that my daughter hears a child. Oh, that's my baby. I said, how do you know it was yours? I didn't even hear anyone cry yet. When your mother, you tuned in and everyone's cry. But so it is. I said to myself, this is the Rebani Shlerim. The Rebani should tune into everyone's, every one of us quetch. Just like she's so tuned in, there's so much noise going on, and she heard from downstairs, upstairs, her baby's quetching. And she knew it was hers. There was another baby there too. But she knew this one is hers. The Rebani Shlerim to us is the same way. He's so tuned in to us. It's not like, you know, he went shopping, and he, you know, he went to his palace, 
and he's not busy with us, and he is right here there. See, this concept, Baram Nachman says, takes a lot of time to chew and to live with. Because most of us, most of our relationship to Hashem, I always tell people, is a kvetchy relationship. Hashem, do this for me. This is not going, please help me. You know, we're always busy sort of uh, continuously, you know. The next deal should go through and this should go and this should work and everything should work out. You know, sort of we're a child who's kvetching about. That's really, but the truthful, and we think that's, you know, he relate. no, no. Shem knows that you have all these needs. And he created us with all these needs. The Chayvis over says, it's a, it's a hamazel. You know, Shem could have created us without all these needs. You know, the Chayvis over asked this famous question. Hashem created us that we need to sleep, we need to eat, we need to drink, we need to, well, he could have created us, you know, we don't have to work. No eating, no drinking, no, no, imagine, you don't have to worry about panasa, you know. Why did he create us this way? He wanted us to be connected to him. If you don't need me, you know, I watch, unfortunately, in the older generation, when, they, when the father has a lot of money, everyone comes to visit him. The father has no money, then um, there's a, a, a saying, if it's a true story and not true, there's a famous Yiddish saying. Not all Yiddish sayings are true, but it's just the principle. The famous Yiddish story said always that a, a, a father decided he's going to give out all the money. The children used to visit him. His father decided, why should the children fight? You know, always, I mean, after I leave the world, I'm going to you know, give everyone their portion right now. And they stopped visiting him. So he said, he says to three of his grandchildren, they should bring him a huge safe. A huge safe. He said, what do you need? I still have a lot of money. I don't want to leave it in the bank. I want to put it into the safe. So he needed more than a few grandchildren, brought this heavy safe back into his apartment, and he sent everyone out, and all of a sudden, everyone started visiting him. <laughs> and he left a note in the safe, an empty note. He sent the safe, he says, Unfortunately, I knew that I have to have the safe because otherwise you'd not visit me. There was nothing there but a note. Unfortunately, human beings are that way. Unfortunately, not everyone. <coughs> Generally, we are that way. If the father has money, all of a sudden we visit him. <coughs> if he doesn't have money, we barely visit him, barely talk to him. It also depends on the relationship, you know. If you have a good relationship, I had a great relationship with my father. He was not wealthy at all. Absolutely nothing, and he was a very loving man. So we always called him. But the, the truth is, this is true in life. The Rebani Shloim knows this. If he would have created us out any needs, we would never call him. Now at least Hashem says, I know you call me. You call me. A, a mother once told me many years ago, she's telling me, I hope my son has a headache. I said, what? He says, when he doesn't feel good in that soul, he at least calls me home. Otherwise, he never calls. So a headache, I don't mind, he gets. So when he gets a headache, he'll call her, I'll listen to the kvetch. The mother wants, the child should call her. Hashem wants us to be connected. So he created us this way. But the truth is, that's not what he wants. He wants even deeper. He wants us to know how proud he is with us. How incredible proud. <clears throat> so every one of us, you should know you are unique of uniqueness.
No one is like you. No one ever was like you. No one ever will be like you. And you are unique, and your challenges are unique. What is my challenge is not your challenges. Every person has a different challenge in life. And the Rebunshan takes pride when we overcome the challenges in life. And he's looking down, he's so proud. You know, like the, the two-year-old is trying to build lock blocks or whatever it's called, the uh, Legos. And the, the mother says, look, look what he did. You know, it's, uh, but the mother's so proud, they put something together. Hashem is this way continuously. We're so proud of us all the time. <clears throat> Any question? I'm losing my voice. Yes? Um, <clears throat> Want you, I desire you. That is true. It's a very great truth that you say. I'm sure that. So, so I but Hashem, that's a very good question. But you have to finish. It's like a, having children. Anyone who has children, the more children you have, the more problems you have. Someone tells me, I, 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 you know, I have ten children. I have a little bit more problems than someone who has only one child. There's ten children who catch to me, and but at the end, the proudness. Of, uh, I watched my mother, so she'll live long, and she's an old lady, and she's like, glows. I was at a wedding my brother made last week, when all the great-grandchildren, the great-grandchildren came. <coughs> the nachas that she have overrides all the pain that she had till raising, being a Holocaust survivor, raising the family. But the Rebbein Shalom, there's no comparison, but like you said, to us understanding, when the finally taken will be, he'll be so proud of us. Everything was worth it just, just to see. It's so worth it, you know, going through everything. Um, you know, when Chazal say, it's very difficult to give birth. But, you know, the joy after the baby comes, the mother's so overjoyed with it that she forgets everything. The Rabbani Shalom, after Mashiach will come, will be so overjoyed with everything that uh, everything will be nothing. That's a, a, a marshal as we understand it. So I, I want to, <coughs> I'm losing my voice. I always want to encourage you, take time for yourself. There's nothing in life that will calm you down and make you a better person as you just take time yourself alone and talk, face yourself. When you talk to Hashem, all of a sudden you start realizing who you are, what you are, what you're doing in life. Slowly realize, is this the right thing to do? Can I change things to do? Can I be a better person? But the, when, you, when, you, when you realize there's a God in your life, your whole relationship 
And be aware that the Rebani Shonim is super excited every time you push yourself to do something. It's not like, you know, oh, okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. Sometimes you could do something for your, for your spouse and it depends, depends how your spouse is. She would say, okay. Sometimes your spouse, wow. She make a big, the Rebani Shonim makes a big thing of every little thing you do. Anything you do, he is so proud because when the 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 the, the used to say when the shchinta is begalisa, he gives a marshal, the famous noyin melech. He says there was a guy riding on a on a chariot. The queen was riding in the chariot, and <clears throat> and went through a town, and the axle of the chariot from the queen broke. So the guy, you know, next right in front of the house, the person brought it in, and he realized the queen, but you know, I have a tiny house, made everything nice, and worked so quickly to tidy quickly up, make her as comfortable, was busy all day long. Ladies, she made a ball. She invited the, the, this guy, this person, to be a, a front seat with her. So the people said, you know, why is he? Oh, he took her in. Bleh, took it in, took it in, in a, in a hut. Another guy says, I took you in in my palace. He said, the queen, there's a difference. He says, well, you took me in, you invited me in, I went with the chariot. This person took me in when it was terrible, my axle broke, it was raining, and she did everything what she can do. And, and, and the heart took tidy for me. The Noyed Melech used to say, the Shechina is in Golos. And we could do very little, but our little is so much meaning to the Shechina that it's unbelievable. We have to stop, but uh, I'm losing my voice, and I hope you all have a great week. Amen. <laughs>